Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance brought to you by Discovery Bank. The future of banking now. Warren Ingram. Tell us about what uh, we need to know about giving money to children. I mean, having small children, I'm surprised that anybody's got any money left uh, by the time they peg <laughs> to give their children because they they quite um, they, they seem to absorb money uh, like pampers absorb you know damp spots. Uh, yo, having children in the first place is quite an expensive process, and then the, the little blighters expect to inherit something one day. Uh, you know, I don't know who you're talking about here, uh, but clearly there must be some people who want to at least one day leave something to their kids. I think it's every parent's dream to be able to give their kids, uh, you know, a start in life as as young adults if they can afford it. And and so it's it is a conversation that comes up quite a lot, and 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 you're right. It, it usually comes up when when uh, parents have conceived, but before the babies are born, uh, and and then it, then the conversations go very quiet for quite a long time, and then you know so, somewhere to, towards the, the the latter part of parents' lives, the, the conversation comes up again, and, and I think it's a it, it's an important uh, thing to consider. You know, we we. We often focus as as people on on you know our financial planning for ourselves. We focus on the immediate problems that that face us, and we don't really think too far ahead. And especially you know around the education of our children about money. And and so my first point here is, if you're going to leave money to your children, you really do have to plan far ahead. Uh, and 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 it starts with actually starting to talk to them about money from a very young age. You know, it's it's a, it's a weird thing. Uh, you know that parents often don't talk about money at all to their children. And, and so, you, you know, the, the worst thing I think that could happen is, is that we don't prepare our children financially just for their own lives. You know, if, even if we're not leaving them money, um, we, we need to have conversations with them and, and teach them about the, uh, the way money works. You know, I often hear people saying, I wish I'd known about this. Or I wish the school had taught me this. And it's all good and well to, to you know, expect the school system to teach us these skills. But, but I feel they are life skills. And I feel there are conversations that, 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 that should be had uh, by, by parents, you know, w- with their children from, from very young, starting with pocket money and how you save. And, and then, you know, as they get older, starting to think about, you know, their role as potentially custodians of the family money. You know, I think that's, you know, it's an important thing. You, know, you, don't, you don't want your kids to inherit money one day when they've had no concept of what to do with it and how to deal with it. And suddenly they inherit, you know, what in their lives might be an enormous amount of money that, that actually could ruin them. And it sounds funny to say that, but you know, money does ruin lives if you if you inherit and you've been financially unprepared for it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice problem to have to be able to leave your kids a sizable amount of money, or well, any amount of money, quite frankly. And I wonder whether or not parents don't have the money conversations in the same way as they don't want to have the sex conversation. It's kind of awkward. Um, and they sort of are maybe embarrassed by their own lack of knowledge when it comes to money. And they don't want to be challenged on money decisions perhaps they have made because their kids will say, well, you're talking to me about investing. You talk to me about tax-free savings accounts. So have you put money into a tax-free savings account for me, Dad? It's like that um, advert from, I think, World War I um, with a child sitting on the floor saying, so what did you do in the war, Dad? And Dad didn't fight, and he felt all sheepish about it. I wonder if it's parents sort of taking out their insecurities on their kids. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really uh, strong point. You know, I think uh, you know, sometimes the parents are just embarrassed because their financial position is, is tough and they don't want to 
uh, you know, make their kids afraid or, or, or burden their children unnecessarily. Or, as you say, it's just an, a very awkward conversation. But, but I think, uh, you, you know, being, being awkward about something, uh, unfortunately, is not good enough reason to, to avoid, uh, you know, an important part of someone's education. And, and I think maybe that's the, the way to look at this, is that you're doing your, your children a major disservice if you don't prepare them uh, for, for the world of money. And, and a, a tax-free savings is such a wonderful way to start a conversation like that, to say, well, you know, we, we need to start this for you and, uh, you know, l- let's get going. And, and you know, what, every month or every six months, talk about what's going on, how, how that tax-free is working, you know, w- when markets are rising, uh, you, you know, what that means, and when markets are falling, what that means. Uh, and, and, and I think just starting to prepare children, you, you know, for money is it's just such a critical phase of, and, and, and part and parcel of their of their upbringing that I think parents, you know, maybe should adjust that that attitude if it's if it's one of awkwardness or embarrassment. And, and even if it's even if you're having financial difficulties, it doesn't mean that you need to burden your children. But but talking them through, uh, you know, the trade offs that we need to make around money to say, well, we'd love to spend money on this. But unfortunately, you know, that means we would need to sacrifice something. And what are we collectively going to do around that? So, so I think it's a great, it's a great education tool, uh, you know, by parents. And it's just not a conversation, I think, that teachers can have, for example, with their, with their, you know, with their students. They're, these are great conversations for parents and grandparents to have with, with children. And, and, and I also it, think it, as you do... Sorry, sorry, Bruce. Uh, it's about managing expectations too. Um, if you'd started a tax-free savings account for your child in April last year, they're going to think that every year their money will grow by 30 to 40 percent. Um, and it's about managing those expectations because when it doesn't and they then get despondent about the way in which markets are performing, or suddenly there is a crash, or you'd started the tax-free savings account in January last year, and in April their money had almost halved in value, um, that could have been quite damaging as well. And, and so it's about sort of, I think, a lot of active coaching before you start committing the money and saying, this is you know, what a stock market is. This is what a company is. This is what a share is. And you buy shares in companies. And if they do well, it goes up. But if, you know, somebody sneezes on somebody getting onto a plane in China and it goes around the world, well, then you can lose a lot of money. And trying to explain it in those sorts of terms is absolutely pivotal um, because Kids, you know, depending on their age and their ability to look at graphs, don't give a damn about the fact that, you know, there's a JSE graph that starts 50 years ago in the bottom left-hand corner is now in the top right-hand corner, and it's done very well over 50 years, thanks very much. Uh, they want the here and now. They want to see a statement with their name on it and a number in the bottom right-hand corner that's going up all the time. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, you can make these investments more real for children as well, you know, where, where, you know, rather than just, for example, talking about the JSE index or the world index, you know, you could say, well, you know, you, you, you play, uh, um, you know, you play computer games and, you know, your, your computer game manufacturer happens to be part of this index. And, you know, you buy your clothes here and that happens to be part of this index. Or, you know, if, if you want, you can actually buy those, the, those, uh, shares for, for, for your kids in, you know, in an account of theirs that, that you help them select. Obviously, you've got to put the training wheels on. Don't, don't let them just go and, and choose the things they want. Uh, they, they might, who knows? They might do better than the average stockbroker <laughs> or fund manager. But or they not. Might do a lot or worse. not. I mean, yeah. things. I don't yeah. know what's worse: them losing a whole lot of money from being careless and not paying attention, or just through ignorance, or actually succeeding in the first month and thinking they're geniuses. Because <laughs> that could be worse, actually. 
I think uh, I think overconfidence uh, w- w- with money is a is a is a flaw that hits many of us, especially when we're young and we've we've just started to get our financial education and we think we know everything very quickly, uh, and and that's where Mr. Market comes in and teaches us some great lessons. Yeah. Uh, and and I think maybe just to talk to 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 adults, uh, you know, adult children as well. You know, this is another thing I find uh, happens a lot. You, you talk to the parents who, you know, maybe are in their mid to late sixties and they say, you know, we've got a a family home or a holiday house that should never be sold. You know, all our children will want to visit this with their children for, you know, years and decades ahead. And and then those parents pass away, um, having faithfully looked after that holiday house for for decades. Um, and and the adult children promptly sell it because they they didn't ever want to go back there. They were just doing it to humor their parents. Uh, and you know, and, and conversations like that, I think, are also critical when you're when you're talking about inheritances. Don't make assumptions as the parents about what your children would want. You know, it's, it's a tough and a hard conversation to have, but, but it's worth chatting to them and saying to them, you know, very practically, if we have a, a family property, you know, who's going to look after it? And someone needs to start looking after that now because, you know, you need to know what's going on. We, we can't be a, a, around forever. Uh, and and that, that's, a, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But it's amazing how a few key conversations can, can prevent an enormous amount of pain and anguish later in life. And, and, and just uh, just conversations that just don't seem to be had. A lot of families are uncomfortable with their children knowing their financial position at any stage in their life. At what point do children need to be going to the meeting with a financial advisor? I, I, I think, uh, you know, somewhere through, through uh, you know, the end of high school and the, and the beginning of, of, of their working lives or, or, or through their university lives, I think is ideal. Um, and and just starting, you know, because that financial education for 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 the, the the children, you know, takes on a different level. Then they start to understand what what a relationship between uh, you know an adult and a and a financial advisor looks like, and you know maybe a good or a bad one. Um, and some of the d- more difficult conversations, and and I've I've seen it happen sometimes where the parents use the financial advisor as a referee, uh, you, you know, around around decisions and, and, you know, sorry, we can't do this because the advisor says we can't afford it. You know, those, those kinds of conversations. But the advisor's but, hiding but under think, the table. Yeah. Yeah. Going, I, I, I never said that, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, you, but those uh, are the, yeah. The, those are the the conversations to have, and, and I think especially you know when when your when your children start to think about their own children, you, you know they they need to be fully prepared by then. Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital, he is educating us about how we need to educate kids about money. Got a great question for you this evening, Warren. And George has got a wonderful problem. It's a terrifying problem. Uh, George's daughter has been accepted to study abroad. He doesn't have any capital offshore and he needs to get some money out of South Africa to help her fund her expenses. What must he do? We'll pick up on that question in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So, Warren, uh, how does George deal with his wonderful problem? He must be incredibly proud of his daughter. She's got a place to study internationally, but George doesn't have any money outside the country. What does he need to do to help support her for, I don't know, two years, three years? I don't know what. Uh, and we don't know the amounts, and we don't know where, and we don't know what, but some broad brushstrokes. So, so I just did a little, uh, a little googling research to see what what what, uh, what this sort of costs, you know, both university fees and um, and and then the cost of living, you know, over and above the university fees. And you're probably looking at a, at an expense of around about one to uh, to one and a half million rand a year at the moment at the current exchange rates. And, and so, uh, you know, I think the, the the thing to understand about this is. 
you know, if daughter's been accepted now, uh, that, that means, you, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you're probably starting or she's probably starting in August, uh, you know, and, and so your expenses are unknown. It's not as if, uh, you know, you, you can say to the university, look, uh, you know, the RAND's just, you know, just taken a bit of a pounding. Would you hang on a, a few months? I'm just going to wait for the RAND to strengthen before I, I start to send you the money. You know, they're just going to, to laugh at you. So, so you need to know that your costs are fixed. You know, let's just use the U.S. as an example to make things simple. You know, if it's if if the rand is is trading at sort of fourteen rand fifty to the dollar, um, I, I would consider that in the current uh, economic climate, that's a decent exchange rate. Uh, then I would be trying to convert as much of the the future expenses to dollars as quickly as possible, because you don't want to be in a position where we get, for, for example some major re reoccurrence of COVID and, and it causes the world to get, you know, deeply fearful again. And we're sitting at 20 to the dollar next year. And, and that's the point when you need to send your money out. So, so when the rand is strong and as it is now, then I think you, you try and get your money converted to, to, to that foreign exchange rate as fast as possible. And, and then unfortunately you can't be that fancy with it when it's on the other side, because you, you know, if your expense is going to be once a year for the next three years, then you can't invest it in shares or, you know, even a, a balanced unit trust overseas. You unfortunately need to just lock it in to the best uh, interest rate you can, which is going to be pretty close Almost to zero, zero unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, but but you've you've protected yourself from the event of of a of a of a rand collapse where you you suddenly paying you know thirty percent more just because you need to convert that much more rands to get the same amount of dollars. Yeah, it's a real concern for a lot of families. I think I mean bright kids and they they want to expand and they want to do stuff that's not available locally or they may not get into the courses they want to get in locally and so uh, parents you know then stump up. And it's a, it's a big, big ask, and it's very, very significant. Uh, your phrase of the week, this is an interesting one, donations tax. Who pays donations tax? So uh, the, the, the person who makes the donation, so, so in other words, uh, let's say I, I'd like to, to, to leave some money, uh, you know, to, to my favorite uh my favorite barista at um, you know at my office, and I decide I, for I'm, a I'm moment. To... I thought about you, my favorite radio presenter. No, but that's okay. Barista, fine. Okay. <laughs> so, so I decide uh, Fulu at my office. My barista, you know, he 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 would he would do really well with some money for for his uh, for his future expenses, or to set him up for a deposit on his house, or whatever the deal is. Uh, so, so I could do that. There's nothing in the law that stops me giving money to to anybody. Uh, but what I need to know is that uh, if I if I give anybody money who, who's not my immediate family that I'm looking after, or, um, in other words, I'm not paying their, their normal cost of living. The, the moment I give them more than a hundred thousand rand in a year, I'm going to pay tax on that, and it works out. That you know, let's say I I, I gave away five hundred thousand rand, I, I would be I would be paying tax of twenty percent on the amount over a hundred thousand rand. So that four hundred thousand, you know, to, to make up the five hundred thousand, I, I effectively would be paying away nearly a hundred thousand rand of that um, in tax. So the person who receives the money won't be paying it, but but the person who's giving it away, they will pay donations tax, and and that tax of of twenty percent. Uh, will, will will be what most people would pay if they were going to give away money. But if you're extremely wealthy um, and you give away more than 30 million rand, th th then you're going to be giving away 25% okay. of that donation value as tax to SARS. 
So, so my comment here is, you know, you know, if we think through the topics we've spoken about, if you're going to give away money, for example, to adult children, etc., then um, make sure that, you know, when you're no longer looking after them financially, you know, you know, maybe start giving them uh, money in your lifetime. Start, start giving away, you know, your your up to a hundred thousand rand per year to to people that you care about, rather than. Uh, you know, giving it all away in one batch or, you know, po- possibly once you've passed away. Uh, you know, there is a way to, to do that and to reduce the amount uh, of tax that you pay legally, completely legally, by, by giving away up to 100,000 rand uh, gotcha. a year. All right, what happens if you win the lottery and you, if you've got a, you know, a vast amount of money and you think to yourself, well, one day I'm going to pay inheritance tax on uh, my I'm going to pay estate duty on this money. Um, I've got kids who are, you know, 12 and 13. Um, give them, you know, I don't know give them 10 million rand each now and because they're dependent on me there's no tax on that or is there i think that would be a tricky one because because the law says it's it, it must be for their maintenance ah uh, and they're very and expensive so think, you know uh, your honor um, okay but now i get the picture yeah. so the kind of hundred thousand rand ballpark rule is um kind of across the ages right Exactly right, and and uh, and certainly, uh, you know, it's just important to know if there are two parents in the, in the picture, then each each parent can give away a hundred thousand a year as well. So you end up being able to do two hundred thousand a year, uh, and 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 certainly, I don't, I don't think Sarge would give anyone a hard time for 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 doing that. Uh, but uh, maybe if your maintenance cost was was partly their tax free savings or something, you might be able to wangle it. I don't think so. I think SARS are quite sharp on these things. Thank you, Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram is an executive director and personal financial advisor at Galileo Capital.